What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning to Pogo City Radio. I'm Andrew Bedlam. We're getting today started with a band that caught this Saturday in Scranton with blanks. Here's the Misos. Right, that was the Misos right there on. All right, I had never uh, heard of those guys before. They are a local band out of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Blanks was just uh, just in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, or St. Plains. I don't know. They were at the River Street Cafe. Seen them there a couple times. Place is really nice. Really, really nice. 
really hot bartender. Um, but uh, I remembered her from the last time. But yeah, awesome place. Nice staff. Rob always puts the shows together that I've been to there. And uh, yeah, he's a real nice guy. Seems like he runs everything great. It's always a good time. And uh, yeah, nice stage, nice system, nice size place. You know, a nice little outside smoking area, lounge type thing. Good spot for the merch. Full bar. The vodka and cranberries were only running five bucks. It's like, fuck yeah, it's harder than fucking like Manhattan prices. Uh, speaking of Manhattan, though, jumping around a little, uh, going to see Blondie this Thursday with the fucking damned. So, Debbie Harry, the damned, it'll be awesome, sensible. You know what I mean? It'll be great. Me, Renee, Jessica going out uh, somewhere in Manhattan. I don't remember where. It's going to be a good fucking time, though. Never seen the damn, the damned. Never seen Blondie. I mean, like it's not like you know. I I will I will be frank and say there's been plenty of times like I would hate when I'd be like talking to somebody, especially when I was younger. You know what I mean? I'd be like 19, 20, and it, it'd be like some woman in her 40s or maybe even a dude, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm into punk rock and blah blah blah. They'd be like, oh, like Blondie, and I'd be like, oh Jesus fucking Christ, do I look like I walk around the streets listening to fucking Blondie? But. <laughs> But I mean, uh, part of you know the uh, the legacy of that whole New York CBGBs scene. But I just mean from a sound perspective, Blondie. They were definitely part of the underground NYC scene. They were the one of the bands to take it the furthest and probably sell some of the most records, like Talking Heads and shit. That being said, I really meant the Dead Boys and the Ramones when I said. I listened to punk rock or mentioned CBGBs, but you know, uh, Debbie Harry, definitely also legendary for just being like so open about sex and being a woman and like, you know, it's one of those things kind of, at least the way I perceive it, kind of like, like Jordan from the whole Sex Pistols thing. Like, I, I see what they're saying, but at the same time, like, so Jordan would like literally like the woman who would work at the sex shop for the Sex Pistols and Vivian Westwood, she'd literally go on the bus with like her tits out with like a clear plastic coat on that looked like it was like pleather but it'd be clear and like she'd be wearing like bondage clothing like not even like nowadays plaid pants bondage clothing like actual bedroom wear black leather bondage clothing but it was to you know, speak about women being oppressed and women being forced to wear these uncomfortable clothes underneath their gowns in secret. And this was like speaking up about it and like giving the finger to it. But at the same time, I feel like most, including myself, average asshole man is still just going to look at you and be like, oh, damn, she looks like a stripper and she's fucking sexy. But, you know, Debbie Harry had a more American tame down thing like that. She would, you know, oh, like I've seen her in interviews just like openly talking about sex and people being like, oh, my God, a woman talking about sex. And she was so goddamn gorgeous. And they had some good songs, a little new wavy but i'm definitely happy to see them and uh yeah i've seen clem burke who's the drummer at least used to be the drummer i think it's still the drummer when we went to the walter lore r.i.p show and it wasn't a walter lore r.i.p show it was a walter lore 40th anniversary johnny thunders and the heartbreakers i was saying r.i.p because walter lore has since passed it's cool in his book he talks about that show towards the end of the book it was one of his last shows like his last line of shows but he did a couple of shows shows 
after that one. But uh, that book was awesome. It was real cool. He talks about like uh, he mentions Jesse Malin in there, like we, we, who threw the uh, show for the uh, Howie Pyro Memorial Show, where they had Jimmy Gestapo singing and um, HR from Bad Brains a couple weeks ago. But uh, they they talked about it. Walter talked about Jesse in the book. He brought up Jimmy Gestapo. It, it was real cool. So definitely, you know, that whole New York lineage be cool to just actually see Blondie like you know like on the Bowery or at least in Manhattan I'm not quite sure where we are but it's awesome just that they're so old and they're still doing it and you know what I mean and it's the same fucking town and I'll be there with rude girl Jess and Renee it'll be a lot of fun definitely excited to see the damn that's a, a band I like you know I listen to a little bit more but uh yeah this week's past show like I said we opened up with the Misos I think that's how you say their name I talked to them a bunch I I could not understand what they were saying, but they have a uh, female guitarist. She plays like Gibson Les Paul Jr. I was, I saw it backstage, and I was like, "Hey, Renee," because Renee covets those. I mean, Renee has a Les Paul custom and a Les Paul studio, and like a Les Paul custom for far more extravagant and expensive than a junior of the same scale, like of the same time period. Like, of course, a 60s Les Paul Jr. would be worth more than a nowadays Gibson Custom. But my point is a 60s Gibson Custom, way more expensive than a 60s Jr. And a nowadays Custom, way more expensive than a nowadays Jr. What a Jr. is, Les Paul Jr., short-scale instrument, originally designed for children, students, people with small hands, but they also uh, lend themselves a different sound. I really don't like short-scale basses. Short-scale guitars, they're a little cooler. Also, something fancy about, not fancy, but different, notable, uh, if you will, about a junior, a one-pickup guitar. The older ones being a P90 pickup, so a little bit more, you know, harsh. Um, the newer ones being with a humbucker, so a little louder, a little more powerful, little... Fuller, maybe, but the P90s were really the punchy. That's what Johnny Thunders was using, P90s, Gibson Juniors, and a lot of them punk rock guitar legends actually used those Juniors because they were the same electronics as Gibsons, and they were buying them at pawn shops, and people were selling them, and they were always cheaper, so they were still getting a Gibson guitar. A lot of that rock and roll punk stuff like me I'm playing on the bridge like a pickup switch for you non-guitar players talking about pickups the microphones in the guitars you know uh, say most guitar or at least humbucker guitars would have two pickups a strat would have three single coils but the switch would let you either have the neck pickup both pickups or just the bottom pickup in most power cordy pissed off punk rock people are playing with the back pickup only and the Les Paul Jr. only has that pickup therefore more simple so it's cheaper to make the electronics that one pickup itself similar everything to all its Gibson it's um Gibson Studio Gibson or I should say Les Paul Studio Les Paul uh, custom similar electronics and you know but it would be the flashy stuff not there like so not mother originally at least not mother of pearl inlays it would have just been the dots it was supposed to be a little cheaper but give you like the same sound a little smaller easier to play on the hands but the punk rockers got them they say because they were cheaper pawn shop guitars still gibson still a high quality instrument but always cheaper and easier to come by so uh but renee really covets that guitar so 
uh, we were checking it out, and I heard their band, and they were straight up rock and roll, man, and I fucking love it. Kind of like the Ravengers, who also played, I think it was a hostile city, always show Chris and Jason and everybody else out there in Philly, getting uh, ready to go to Dorney Park this weekend with Jason and Renee. That's going to be a good fucking time, all our families and stuff. But uh, yeah, the Ravengers just played in Philly. I wasn't at that. I was at the Blank Show, and uh, yeah, like I said, came across that band, the Misos. Check them out on Spotify. Definitely put the word the in. They don't have uh, that many plays, so you might have to search for them. They are verified with the blue check mark, but put in the M E S O S and uh, go check them out. I think they got one release. Seems like it's a hand drawn cover with like an asthma inhaler on it. So uh, go check them out. Give them a follow. We just opened the show with them. If you're watching live and you missed it, it'll be. In the podcast. What's up, Bali Hawkins? Thanks for that weed all that while ago. And Renee told me she saw you at a recent show. But yes, hello, hello. Thanks for checking us out. What's up, Richie? Oi, oi. We got some black cats. Bruja. Bruja, yes, yes. Jess Cunningham says, see you there. I think she means Dorney. Do you mean Dorney? Because I told Jason to invite you. I don't think I mentioned anything else upcoming. But, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of fun been going on. A week ago, we were also uh, catching Renee Blanks playing, but with her other band, U.S. Chaos, her brother's old band, they were playing with uh, Head Wound. So, yeah, caught the show. It was awesome. I was right up front for U.S. Chaos, hanging out more in the back for Head Wound, but Head Wound sounded great. They played all their songs. They did all the covers, uh, the John Denver one and all that. Speaking of that, this will definitely get us hit up for uh, some copyright shit, but oh well, shit happens. We were talking about the Les Paul guitar. Les Paul, you know, guitarist and inventor, known for his guitar, but actually, you know, part of the Les Paul trio and all that. We're going to get to Head Wound doing John Denver and also Peter Paul and Mary did it. That's Les Paul and his wife, Mary Ford, and somebody else. They also did this song, but we're going to get to the head wound version. And I'm talking about leaving on a jet plane. Here's head wound up next, Pogo. Ah, son of a bitch. Don't you love it when I give them those awesome intros and then like something happens and the music doesn't play and then I go to fix it and it's not there? Here's fucking head wounds.
All right, that was Head Wound right there. Like I said, just caught him this week. And was it some like anniversary show? I actually was able to snag one of the uh, posters, you know, one of those good tour size, like cardboard styled poster. I don't see, I thought it was like, I guess for, they're still celebrating 40 years of chaos. It's their 40 year anniversary. So it was, uh, yeah, with the parasitics, US chaos, the abductors. Oh, DSU, yo, Vince, man. And uh, like, you know, uh, booking lots of the shows at QXTs and Newark, you know, and Dave. Dude! They were sounding awesome. See, they were a good band, but they were more like metal, and that really wasn't my thing. But they were good. But like, I heard them at this show, and that was like their first show in a long time. I guess maybe like some different songs, new lineup. I don't fucking know. I'm speculating. But yeah, they were fucking awesome. I complimented Dave, and uh, you know, he said it was their first show in a while, and they were a little different. Same thing. I told Vin. I thought they were awesome. They sounded fucking great. So I don't know if they have anything new on the internet or anything, but definitely uh, go check out the next DSU show and go look for them on Spotify and on the internet and all that shit. And like, why were you not at that August 6th show? Well, maybe you were because a ton of people were there. It was a lot of fun. There's some good videos, some good pictures. You guys should definitely be following Pogo City on Facebook and Instagram at Pogo City. Remember, you can always find, you know, the show, order the record. Oh, PogoCity.com. Hold on. All right. So, yes, I was talking to people at the show at the Blank Show recently, the record, as in the one-sided Parasitics Splatter Vinyl 7-inch uh, that Pogo City Records is putting out, and it's, oh my God, been over a year, and I want to put a goddamn bullet in my head. But uh, people have asked me, because they haven't seen us pre-sale in it, they're like, is everything still good? And everything's fine and good, I just stopped promoting the pre-sale because I was like, this shit is taking too long. I didn't want to like hold up anybody's money. I didn't want to piss off anybody off, piss anybody off. But as of June 17th, which is, you know, roughly 58 days ago, today is August 14th, the record has been in production. So this shit should be ready any fucking goddamn day, any goddamn week. We should say. So hopefully it'll be here soon. Test pressings were approved. I went through my email and showed some people the confirmation. June 17th, the thing went into production. So almost two months. Hopefully it'll be here. And uh, yeah, can't wait for it. If you guys pre-ordered it, you'll be getting it. You can still pre-order it. Go to PogoCity.com. There's You can either listen to the show or pre-order the album, PogoCity.com. They will all be on splattered vinyl, uh, pink, yellow, and clear, all in one. There's not three different colors. It's pink, yellow, and clear. There is a wholesale option. And uh, yeah, yeah, you guys have heard the tracks. And uh, sorry about the delay, but good to hear. It, it, it has been in production for like a full two months. This shit's just going to show up at my door one day. But uh, yeah, so, you know, also over at App Pogo City Radio, 
on all the platforms. Got some videos from the most recent Blank Show and uh, some of the stuff in the stories, all that stuff. Just give us a follow, hit like, give the video a share, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you know, hit us up. Maybe we can play your band, but uh, yeah, we'll talk about your show or whatever. Give us a follow, mostly on Facebook and Instagram, but there's been a lot of good shows going on and uh, there's a couple more in store fucking happy fucking loving it i would love to be playing some show i did i did talk to somebody in scranton about something that i might be looking that i'm definitely looking forward <laughs> to working on but uh yeah i can't wait that's gonna be a while but definitely Definitely got something to look forward to, but uh, yeah, let's play some more fucking music. So that last song we played was Head Wound and, you know, John Denver, Peter Paul and Mary. I was talking about a few weeks ago, Howie Pyro, uh, his memorial show from uh, D-Gen. So uh, they played, Jimmy came out, they had like an all-star band on stage and they were rotating singers and Jimmy Gestapo from Murphy's Law came out and sang Somebody's Gonna Get Their Head Kicked In and when he, right before he sang it or right at the end, and we've spoke about this on here many times, a lot of people don't realize that that is a Fleetwood Mac song. Plenty of people are like, is that a Youth Brigade song or is that... um a Rosillo song and who's song it's fucking Fleetwood Mac and everyone has covered it and it's pre-Stevie Nicks it's one of the b-sides and it sounds awesome the song sounds the exact same it's perhaps a little slower it sang a little bit more like this but somebody's gonna get their head but it's fucking awesome we're gonna see if I can uh bring up the Murphy's Law version definitely getting some uh, copyright claims this week but uh who gives a fuck if we get kicked off facebook live we'll just come right back and remember the show will always sound better and be available all over podcast platforms like itunes spotify stitcher pogocity.com everywhere but uh let's see if we can get murphy's law somebody's gonna get their head kicked in <laughs> Get punched in 
All right, Murphy's Law on Pogo City Radio. Somebody's going to get their head kicked in. That song is so fucking awesome. I love it. And I'm so, oh, it's 420, FYI. It's 420. But uh, always call me corny. Call me cliche. One of the coolest things ever. I don't care if it's 80s hair metal. I don't care if it's Jimmy Gestapo is like, Todd Youth! And then fucking the guitar solo happening. Like shouting the guitar player's name and then the solo happening like they just did. Fucking great. Fucking great. Fucking great. Fucking great. Love it. Love it. Love it. Don't care. Don't care. It was funny. We were uh, we were sitting out back of the uh, show and Renee's like, oh, my God, you should have seen Mike in fucking Texas or whatever. And I was like, oh, was it Florida bad? And she was like, no. <laughs> but I was like, dude, no, I don't give a fuck. I was like, that's that's what I come to see. I said, what matters is the band has got to be tight, okay? If the band sounds good, the singer can be trashed. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I, I don't care. Like, I love Gigi Allen and G Johnny Thunders. Like, no. No, we made the cover of the Pogo City fucking We Are the Punks Florida Mike passed out on the ground. We made that the cover of the show. Like, no. No, that's great. The band has to sound good. Sorry, Renee. Mike gets the fuck off and you gotta work hard. <laughs> but honestly, shouldn't you be shouldn't you be used to that by now though? Honestly, like right, right. Yes, yes. Renee knows what I'm talking about. I feel like if she was here, she'd be punching me and also agreeing with me. Because <laughs> it's kind of an underhanded compliment. But uh yeah, it's um Actually, I just, I fucking forgot. I fucking go grocery shopping with my kids, open the door, and I got, like, Marshall cabinets and Fender cabinets on my car. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, oh, yeah. So Blanks had a show. They just played in maybe Maryland, I want to say. There was, like, some fest going on. Their day was totally cool. I got to look up. I, I want to, I don't. I'm not going to say he was playing because I, I want to say, but I don't remember. But <laughs> Blanks was playing, and there was more backline at that club. So Renee was like, hey, can you take some of the gear with you so we can have more room? We're going to Maryland. And I was like, yeah. But then I went grocery shopping and realized I had these giant fucking cabinets in my car. <laughs> but uh, plus all of my tools. But uh, yeah, fucking I don't care. Anytime, anytime I, I get to carry Marshall. I mean, I have the exact same Fender cabinet that but you know any I'll carry Renee's new Marshall her little her little 210 or whatever it is I'm I'm fine with that I don't mind to be yeah it fucking sucks though bullshit right like I fucking I lift the Marshall up this thing is like brand new and it's just a little rubber foot oh, rubber foot rips right the fuck off like what is that I have it I'm fixing it it takes two seconds that's some bullshit like that's some bullshit come on now Marshall but anyway uh, I wish I had a guitar head up here to fuck with it. I need to get a guitar head. I have a, I love Fender. I do. And I have like a silver face Fender, you know, and it's a twin. And like, it's way too big. <laughs> like, I wanted it to be like, you know, for shows and stuff. And just, I just want to have a twin. Like Johnny Thunders played with a twin. I want to have a twin. <laughs> just like Renee's like, Johnny Thunders played with a fucking 
Junior, I want a junior. Well, I want a twin, and I got a fucking twin. And I did get one of the newer ones, so it has like a power attenuator. So this is a very, very loud tube amplifier, right? And uh, it's not anything that like I could get natural tube distortion out of, because this thing on two rocks my fucking roof off. And uh, but um. It's fucking awesome, though. But it is a newer one, so it has a power attenuator, at least. So that means I can knock the power, thank God, to 25% or something. So it makes it a lot quieter. But still, like, three tears my house off. But, like, something... Uh, but it's awesome. But, like, something I, I was carrying... I was packing up Renee's car, and I'm sitting there, and I see, like, in the corner of her garage, I see, like, covered in dust and just, like, piled up... I see these very small that you would think like a kid would have Fender amps. And I look at Renee and go, Renee, you know those are worth a lot of money, right? And she was like, what? I was like, yes, Renee. No, both these these amps. I said, I don't even have to look. I said, these are from the 70s too, right? Yeah, you bitch. I was like, yeah, you know these are a lot of money. Like, take care of this, right? She was like, well, one was mine. One was my brother's. And check this out. The one was worth even more than I thought. And I knew because... Because it's something that like would be ideal for even Renee's house, but here. And uh, because when you hear people talk, and I didn't even understand this for a long time, and I still kind of don't. But when you hear people talking about tube, like you probably want quieter amps. Like we're not playing in Madison Square Garden. You uh, the reason why most people would chase a tube amplifier is for the overdriven sound and in order to overdrive an amp you can't you have to blow it up you have to overdrive it you have to work it hard so you're going to work a 10 watt amplifier a lot harder a lot easier a lot manageable more manageable on your eardrums at 10 watts than my fucking 100 watt twin i'm not going to get natural tube overdrive from that i'd have to turn that thing on 10 i would need earplugs this is like fucking like you're talking like a, like a marshall half stack that's what this would compete with i can't overdrive that i'm not going to overdrive a marshall half stack either it'd be different if we're playing a show but I'm still not going to overdrive that. I would get a big, I did get a big loud amp like that because it's a good platform for all the pedals I want. I want like different circuits and different overdrives. And that could be super loud and super clean because mo for what I do with pedals when I just like to like get tones and stuff, I want a big loud clean amp and I can overdrive and like uh, fucking clip and shit with pedals. And so I want a big clean sound. But if I actually was playing like if I wanted to be like more like Eric Clapton back in the day or something or these blues players in this overdrive you would want like Renee's Fender Champ and Vibro Champ the little 10 watt square amps that like looks like it's for an eighth grader you want to crank that and put a microphone in front of it and that's how you're gonna get those fucking overdriven rock and roll tones so yeah Renee had two of them and I'm trying to think I think her brothers it might have been the Princeton and if it wasn't the Princeton maybe it was a champ and then hers and I had never heard of it was the vibro champ and they're both 70s ever and the vibro champ so that has like a vibrato circuit you know like a whoa, 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 whoa circuit in it and uh, Fender oh, did that with a lot of amps or um, reverbs and stuff and uh, so that made that one worth even more money because it was the vibro champ and it made it worth like another like 300 bucks that was like oh Jesus Christ yeah but 
fucking awesome. Her normal rig is the Mesa Boogie. Well, her head is a Mesa Boogie trip. Mesa Boogie triple rectifier, and she'll put it on top of that Marshall or her four speaker cabinet. I don't know what make that cabinet is, but uh, yeah, now she got Renee's just been trying to consolidate, and she's got like the smaller rig because little Miss Rockstar needs her small rig for the small shows and the big rig for the big shows. But uh yes, yes. Fucking bitch. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh yes. I love you, Renee. Pardon my French, but you're an uh, asshole. Okay. Why don't uh yeah, so the new blanks record, I saw it at the show, it's fucking awesome. I was gonna buy it, but Renee said she has one for us and um she said uh it's one of the splattered ones. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to play some Blanks, and uh, fuck, you know what, we're going to have to hold on for a second to play Blanks, because I want to play a record. We're going to play their new track, and I got to play an actual record for that, so let's play something in the meantime. All right, so you guys can go back a couple episodes ago and uh, check out the Crazy and the Brains episode again we had chris from crazy and the brains on the show talking about the band and how they've changed and really got deep with him he sat in the whole show it's on video it's on youtube it's in the podcast feed it's at pogo city radio everywhere go check it out but uh we're gonna get to crazy in the brains from jersey and then i'm gonna drop the needle on the uh latest very different blanks track so We'll get to that up next. Here's Crazy in the Brains first with King Kong.
All right, so you guys like know how big of a pothead I am. I'm literally going to get this record like three steps away from me. I, I mean, there is like pedals and shelves all over the goddamn floor and pedal boards and records. But I almost break my fucking neck. And then I got to like run and press all these buttons. Like back in the day when we'd be getting shitty, like shitty, and Pogo would be an all out party. And there'd be like eight people here. And people would be like, let's go for hour four. I'd be like, you motherfuckers are passed out on the floor, throwing up. I have to think of songs to play, press all these buttons and shit, and talk. I can't even fucking see, goddammit. But yeah, no. No, yes, me and my cross. <laughs> me and my cross. I definitely, definitely reap some benefits, though. <laughs> We're going to get to that new Blanks track that, um, you know, they put out with Sniper 66 and this uh, Smith and Records uh, company, record company coming out of uh, Germany. I have number 144 of 500. Is it on red or black? I put it on there and I don't even fucking remember. I think it's fucking black. It's got the large hole. My new record's going to have the small hole. But I don't... Uh, yo, with, with records, hole envy... No, small hole is the fucking bougier one. So yeah, there you go. But it sounds sexual and, and therefore the opposite. Here's the new Blank song. It's a ska song. We Can Do the Ska is the name of the record. It's got a track from Sniper 66, Who I Am, and a track from Blank 77, Skanked and Pogoed. We're getting to that track up next. Oh, fuck. I hope I don't blow out everyone's eardrums because I didn't exactly check the levels of the turntable. So, fingers. Here's the new Blanks track. It's a record. It's taking a second. <laughs>
Blank 77. That is their uh, ska debut, but I maintain that SOS is kind of a ska song. Also, the CBH album. But yeah, we were talking about that recently with Renee and how that all came to be because uh, that they're still auctioning stuff on uh, eBay. There's a link somewhere. Go search Blank 77 on eBay and you'll find some cool stuff that the band is selling themselves and uh, the money is going to Dean, you know, kind of the... Uh, the man helping out behind the scenes for so many years and uh, yeah he recently had surgery so they've been raising money for him through shows and uh, auctioning off some of their rare old stuff including like some hand-drawn posters tour posters by bones from the lower class brats for blank shows from like 90 five or some shit and these other ones drawn by Jethro who normally does it but they're like the original hand drawn ones and like some photocopied stuff and uh, but you know like that's just how they made it and uh, also some like high gloss photos like promo stuff from Radical Records but uh, the CBH release was a double 10 inch and it was all Renee's idea and if you see the record or even the CD you'd see it and it's two hot redheads girls making out on top of each other on the floor they're punk rock they have like punk rock dyed hair with like the roots grown in how you know we all we all want it to be <laughs> and um yes but <laughs> uh fucking when you open it up it was like a centerfold and their legs were there so the legs were the b-side of the record and like their upper body and them making out their faces was the a and you open up the record it's a fold out collage collage of pictures on the inside with the words written in like a Dr. Seuss getting smaller like square around the perimeter and I definitely read them <laughs> but uh, yeah it was a fold out cover with two chicks making out and Renee it was Renee who was like yeah that's that'll work and everybody was like okay you want the two girls making out on the cover sounds great and uh, it was a great idea with the double 10 inch and it's uh, Shayna, I know, I know, Shayna, I saw her last week at the uh, Head Wound Show. Yeah, yeah, it was good to see her, but uh, yeah, a lot of fun. So go to eBay, go to Blanks' Facebook, and look out for uh, the uh, links and all that, and go uh, support, go get yourself some cool shit, and help out Dean. But uh, yeah, so I was fucking, yesterday, I checked out the new Elvis biopic with, I can't think of the kid who plays Elvis's name, but he did real good. And uh, what's his name? Tom Hanks is like his manager. It was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. But I did notice, like I talk about, like I'm not going to give any spoilers because it's like a brand new movie, but like I talk about like punk movies and like how people complain about them, but like I like it when they're like, a little bit more high budget and they really put like in the new Sex Pistols biopic series on Hulu Pistol or whatever like they're literally wearing the same clothes that they were wearing because these shows are like recorded and stuff like Sid Vicious and Stevie Jones the actors portraying them have the exact same clothes on they really look good they, they have the same hairstyle you know and like 
and I think that's cool. But in this, it was kind of funny, and I I'm gonna compare. I really like the movie, and I don't mean to shit on anybody because I feel like whoever did like the makeup is like someone who's like an artist and they worked really hard. But I just don't get it because like. I think they do a real good job of that in punk movies, and people complain. And then in these super high-budget mainstream movies, like I, they make um, Tom Hanks, like he's like supposed to be like an older, heavier man. Like he's got a lot of prosthetics on. Like it, it really shows. Like it doesn't look. Like, it looks like he has prosthetics on. Like, I was really surprised. Same thing, like, when they did the Four Seasons, uh, whatever they called it, Jersey Boys. Now, I understand that was a play, and that was great. I loved it. I love the Four Seasons. You know what I mean? I'm from New Jersey and that area. Thank you very much. But, um, like, I loved it. But, like, I remember, for example, like, when the bass player in the Four Seasons movie, when he speaks, he does his little monologue. The dude, I understand the man was probably soft-spoken, but, like, I feel like it's the, like, audio engineer's job to get his voice above the mix because you can't hear a goddamn word the man says. You couldn't hear it in the movie theaters. You can't hear it on my surround sound speakers. <laughs> and, like, he's... You can't hear a goddamn word. And they got music playing. And, like, the same thing, the makeup and the lighting and that. It was like, what? Like, I don't know. These these seem like they're supposed to be, like, these blockbuster films. And then I'm like... And then we got the punk ones that, like, nobody sees and nobody cares about. And even the punk people then talk shit. Except for me, I feel like. And... <laughs> And their characters look great. I don't fucking get it. The the Elvis kid looked great, though. But Mel... Uh, why do I want to keep calling him Mel? Fucking uh, Tom Hanks. Also, like, he does, like, this Holland... I don't know the term for people from Holland, whatever. But, like, he does this Holland person accent. And, like, it's mad hard to understand what he's saying. Like, it's driving me crazy. And he's the fucking narrator. And he's, like, mumbling with a bad accent. I'm like, God damn it. And that's just it. People complain, like, when they're like, oh, yeah, they don't have that accent or whatever. That person. I'd rather him just, oh, like, in Robin Hood. There you go, for an example. Like, um... Fucking, uh, but what's his name? Uh, da, 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 da. The dude who did Prince of Thieves. I can't. T Kevin Cosner. People would always be like, you know, he's not even doing a British accent. I prefer it that way. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just easier. Same thing. Like, I watch The English Office. You know what I mean? It's awesome. It's hilarious. But, like, I'll watch it with my kids and, like, can't understand half the shit they say. Even their curse words are like, what the fuck did he just say? Because they let a lot more shit fly on that show they they say like twat and cunt and like you know what i mean i, I and like but like their curse words they're like you can tell their curse words but it's like such a weird slang and like certain character characters will speak like really fast or something and i can't make a goddamn word out but uh yeah that's just that's just my little rant but the elvis movie was cool it, it was it was fun you know what i mean but one thing another another thing i really didn't like and once again not a spoiler there is a very weird soundtrack so i'm sitting there i'm watching it with like my eight-year-old and my six-year-old and we're all music nerds and they watch everything from like the nwa straight out of compton to like the elvis one you know what i mean and 
they're like so we're like yeah that's what cars look like and you know so and so would have been that age they would have been one of them girls yelling and you know this and that and then they'd cut to like the black neighborhood because like elvis you know was playing the the things were still segregated especially in the south and he was playing air quotes black music you know what i mean and the i don't know what the fuck i'm not going down this road <laughs> but anytime they'd show the black families they'd play nowadays hip-hop music like with like mumble rap on top like drake beats with like other rappers on top and it was like completely out of like character like everything else is period correct and the cars look right and the clothes look right and the, the segregation and racism is right but then they show the black families and when they're like singing in church and stuff it would be the actual sounds and like soulful music that were actually being played but like when they'd pan over a black neighborhood they'd they'd play like rap music and i was like this is weird and like i'm sorry like we all sat there and had to talk over the movie for four seconds and be like are they playing fucking rap music right now like it was just it was just fucking weird like i don't know man like django jamie fox you know leonardo dicaprio i really like that movie but like same thing like i see a western i do kind of want to hear you know like i i don't really want it i don't associate just like I don't expect to hear the Dead Boys. I listen to fucking plenty of like 90s hip hop. I don't really like rap music from today. But so it's not just that, but like I wouldn't want to hear the Dead Boy or not that I wouldn't want to hear, but like I wouldn't want to hear the Dead Boys in a fucking Western movie. I want to hear the Dead Boys in a CBGB's movie. You know what I mean? But like I don't know. I'm I don't I don't really like this whole like rap in a movie set place in the 1800s and like hip-hop in a movie taking place in like the 50s like it's, it's fucking weird and especially because they they only did it over the black people like why what like i don't what's that like i don't know <laughs> canceled but no i'm joking of course but yeah I, I definitely liked the movie but we are gonna get to some spoilers of a different movie now, this is a movie that's been out for a long time, and I like to babble about music-related and punk-rock-related and anything I feel like fucking talking about, because it's my show, especially at the end, and I feel like if people listening to the podcast are here at the end, like, you know, they like the show, so we're going to talk about whatever the fuck we want, and, you know, this one, music-related, awesome, and not so much punk, but definitely, like, DIY, underground you know, kind of my high school era, even though I hate it. it like, kind of like a screamo fucking Scott Pilgrim versus the world with Michael Sarah. Fucking awesome. Hilarious movie. And uh, based off, like, a video game. And we, the reason why I watched it is, like, Nintendo. I was, like, on Instagram and I saw a Switch, you know, Nintendo Switch. And fucking, we got Scott Pilgrim's game for, like, four bucks. And I got it for free with, like, Nintendo coins. It was fucking awesome. It was awesome. I downloaded it right from my phone and went on my Nintendo, like, an hour later and it was there. Fucking great. And I did it all from my phone. It was, like, at the mall and then was, like, so how punk rock is this? We just did cell phone mall nintendo switch yeah poser right here but uh but yeah 
So I come home from the mall and I'm like, oh shit, this thing's actually on the goddamn Nintendo. We've been playing it like crazy. One of my favorite games of all time is Super Mario Brothers on uh, Super NES, Super Nintendo, the Super Famicom originally in Asia and all that. But uh, love that game. And Scott Pilgrim, the way it maps out is like, I don't know why. I still, we have it hooked up on the TV, a Super NES, one of the mini ones, but with the actual like games on it. And I've always just loved the in-between the levels. It just reminds me so much of my childhood in the Super Mario when you're going like, we're to world and you're walking through the map and Scott Pilgrim has that and it's like you know scroll but you can also walk up and down kind of like Streets of Rage for like Sega Genesis or maybe like the Simpsons arcade game mirrors like those games so you can have four people on the screen at the same time and uh, we've been playing this game like crazy and uh, yeah but the the movie itself Michael Sarah you know he starts dating this like really cute like punk rock chick who's like just moved to town and she's all like herself and quirky and like doesn't care and like distant and he's like oh my god I love you and he's like falling at her feet as soon as they start falling for each other the movie turns into like a video game type thing people are flying through the air and now everybody knows like karate but they're at like punk shows and like Michael Sarah, the main character Scott Pilgrim he's he's a bass player in his like a lot of the bands sound like like white stripe-esque bands you know what I mean and he's a bass player in one and they they seem to really be playing so that's cool and like they got like a chick drummer and he plays a Rickenbacker and like so he has to fight all of her evil exes and it's like a league of evil exes and it's it's cool too because he's always like so how many of your ex-boyfriends do I have to fight like what is going on and she's like it's my evil exes and then he'd be like blah 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 ex-boyfriends and she'd be like evil exes and then you get to like the fourth one and it's a chick <laughs> and Michael Sarah he has to fight a chick and he's like I'm not fighting her and they like won't leave him alone the girl tries to fight him tries to fight the other girl and she's like nah uh he's gotta beat me with his hand <laughs> so they gotta have like Michael Sarah beat up the girl. I'm trying to think of um her name in it. I know Knives is his first high school girlfriend. He's 22 and he's dating a high schooler and everybody's giving him shit. And then he uh, Ramona. Then he starts going out with Ramona and she's the one with the evil exes. So it's cool. They're trying to get signed the whole time and like you find out like you know you know just like you would kind of Wayne's World esque. They're trying to make it big, but at the same time you end up realizing like wait that's the man and then they're kind of getting screwed but it's also Mortal Kombat and it's Michael Sarah, and it's like some kung fu doing backflips and flying uppercuts it's great with like quirky high school romance so you know who wouldn't want that Rickenbacker bases or Rickenbacker base my man Stevie T but uh yeah it's it's an awesome movie you guys should definitely watch it and definitely I, if you got a switch man I think the game is still like four bucks and like I said I got it for free with Nintendo coins just from I didn't even know I had Nintendo coins just from like buying 
digital games in the past. I'm only buying digital games. But yeah, fuck yeah, Nintendo coins getting me free Scott Pilgrim. But it's awesome. Like some of the bands that'll play there, they're like joke bands. They'll be like one of the like screamo bands is like this song is called I'm So Sad. And then it's like I'm So Sad. And then the song is over. It's fucking great. It's like anal cunt-esque. But yes. (laughs) Speaking of anal cunt. Oh, God. I can't can't do it right now. Oh, I wanted to see if I could play anal cunt covering Gigi Allen. Um, Fucking, what did they cover? They didn't cover the song anal cunt. What did they cover? Oh, they covered If You Fuck With Me. I'll slice your fucking throat. Oh, my God. I wish we could play anal cunt If You Fuck With Me. It's a, it's like a rare B-side, and it's awesome because, like, anal cunt songs are usually, like, you know, 30 seconds or less, and, like, some of them are literally eight, and they're extremely offensive, and nowadays it'd be, like, canceled. That's offensive. But, like, it was almost like that then. It was bad. I loved it. Their albums were, like, 40 more reasons to hate us and it'd be of 40 tracks and they'd just be obnoxious and 12 seconds long and it was like grind core almost but uh if you fuck with me is actually like one of Gigi's longest songs with the murder junkies and they would play that and they were awesome it, especially because most of their songs were like 20 seconds and they were good musicians and this was like a full track it was fucking awesome and i know i won't be able to access it the way i have things set up right now and um it fucking pisses i can i can access it i think we're gonna have to play something else first see this is what i mean my job's hard as shit i'm stoned as shit and now i gotta try and be like okay if i connect this to that and i gotta do it in different tracks and have shit muted so it doesn't fuck up with you guys sound you know what i mean like we're real podcast territory here and i gotta like pirate it and play it (laughs) but yes okay we're gonna do it so let's play a song let's play the a side to the new blank seven inch which is sold out by the way we're gonna get to uh sniper 66 i'm gonna have to go run over to the turntable and flip over that record this is a new track from them and how about those blanks backing vocals huh best backing vocals ever on that blanks track i'm sorry i mean they should get an award best backing vocals let's give it for him again yes Whoever, whoever it is on those backing vocals, yes, give it up. Give it up for the backing vocals. But we're going to get to Sniper 66 with Who I Am. This is their ska debut also. Sorry, it's a one-man show. I had to flip the record and hit start, and the needle is moving. We are punk rock. We spin records. Here's Sniper 66, who I am.
tonight for 66. All right, yeah, so that's Sniper 66 way up. Punk band playing some ska, as Blank 77 was in the prior track. That is uh, the entire record of We Can Do the Ska out on Smith & Miller Records. Sold out already. Hope you got your copy. They were definitely hard to come by. But a, uh, another track that's hard to come by is what we got next. I was actually able to connect some Bluetooth shit and find some shit. And uh, we can play, I think we're playing some Anal Cunt covering Gigi fucking Allen. If you fuck with me, I'll slice your fucking throat. Like, didn't get to sound check this. So uh, let's, let's see what happens. Here's Anal Cunt, Pogo City. Pogo City. Shit's fucking awesome. I love that goddamn track. Appreciate all the uh, likes and shares, everyone. Wendy, Wendy, are you coming to fucking... I don't know if you're still there. I don't know how old this message is. Are you coming to Doherty? That'd be awesome. With Jess, what's up, Katie? So uh, I see Wendy and Katie and Jess. And I, uh, we talked about Bali. I don't see Renee. 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 Renee's asleep. That's what Renee is. Renee's asleep. How, how could I have um, forgotten? But uh, yeah, I need to take a dab. I was very happy that I figured out how to play that song and do it live and not fuck anything up. And then, then I enjoyed it and I didn't get to take a dab. So we're going to play in a, uh, a regular, actual Gigi song, an old school Gigi song, rock and roll Gigi, one of my favorite. It's going uh, back to my old other podcast or sports and rock and roll podcast that we had but uh god please don't search for it but uh, 
This uh, this is Gigi Allen, and it's the Jabbers, but it's also got Wayne Kramer from the MC5, so they would sometimes call themselves the Motor City Bad Boys. It's kind of a rare track. Now, uh, Gigi Allen, the uh, most dangerous man in rock and roll. And uh, yeah, this definitely is some of that uh, old, not heavy and mean, I'll slice your fucking throat later to come murder junkies. But this, the uh, early rock and roll shit. Here's Gigi Allen with Occupation. Ah, damn it. Here we go. I think that's way too loud. Good thing good thing we uh blasted that and we know to pull this one back. This is what happens when you bootleg things, kids.
Oops. <laughs> I may have f***ed up here. I, that's what happens when you pirate things, kids. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, we gotta get the fuck out of here anyway. I don't, I don't know why the fuck that just happened, but... <laughs> Something to do with my uh, MacGyvered rigged up fucking shit I got going on running off my goddamn cell phone right now half of the time. But uh, yeah, Renee and Mike broke my laptop in Florida. Yeah, yeah. We brought your laptop in the car. Oh, thanks, guys. Oh, wow. The screen's completely smashed. Oh, how did that happen? I don't know. I don't know how it happened. But uh, yeah, and then I got like eight computers here that are like pieces of shit that could definitely not handle what we used to do. It was so much. It was, I don't know. What the, I'm just, I'm stoned and I'm babbling and we're going to leave. I'm going to continue to smoke and I'm going to eat and I'm I'm going to like play guitar and bass and shit. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Maybe a little masturbation, but... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're going to get out of here with, like, some, like, angry, offensive Gigi Allen. Like, so, like, we just we just played, like, old school, like, early 80s Gigi. And uh, it's so funny because, like, so, like, I love it. But so many people would call that, like, corny or, like, cock rock. And it's like, and then you hear, like, late Gigi Allen and it's like, what the fuck like but we're gonna get to the murder junkies and uh we've had the drummer from the murder junkies on here many times in person and on the phone dino but uh yeah go over to pogocity.com spotify apple Podcasts, all that shit you gotta go real fucking far back but uh dino's in there a bunch of times uh with uh pat a couple times too from hate trash and all that so uh we're gonna get to Gigi Allen and I want to do the murder junkies and I want to do fucking um the last track brutality and bloodshed so let's see if I can uh, find the last uh brutality and bloodshed fucking track that came out on the album so this album was called brutality and bloodshed for all it came out like post-mortem but like he was dead but the album was finished it wasn't like that like biggie duets album where he had been dead and they took lyrics and put it with that rapper and that beat like Gigi allen worked on this album he made this album like while he was alive but kind of like this record taking forever to come out the one-sided and parasitics record luckily i didn't die in the meantime i got kicked out of the damn band <laughs> but i didn't die and uh, Gigi happened to die but it was all constructed so um we are going to play some Gigi, and uh this is the last track on the last album and it's called brutality and bloodshed for all and it's still got willie weber the third just doing this like awesome rock and roll anthem guitar solo text me the info about dar okay i got you but uh we are going to play some gg allen and the murder junkies fuck off i'm leaving i'm stoned goodbye <laughs>